And welcome to the Heart Guy Media Podcast. We are back. Um, obviously, we are becoming a little more infrequent, but um, we're going to try to pump out some more content here. But what has brought us here today is a uh, somewhat of a tribute episode to Luke Perry, who recently passed, uh, and we are doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie from 1992. We're all fans. Today we have... The consummate guests, uh, the Tyler brothers, Eric Tyler and Brian Tyler, say hello, gentlemen. Hello. Um, and uh, we're all fans of the movie. You guys are uh, are big fans of the show, and, and I recently dove into watching the show as well, so I'm getting uh, acclimated with uh, the show aspect of the Buffy lore. Um, but uh, That was well said. Thank you. Um but yeah, we're all big fans of the movie. Uh, when did you guys first um, see the uh, see the film? When I was too young to know the title of the movie, I remember seeing it, and I just remember like vampires and a cheerleader. The cheerleader was killing the vampires. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Years later, I got into the show, and then it was either you, Eric, or Dad that was like. You remember the movie, right? I'm like, there's a fucking movie? And then, I don't know. You guys showed me the movie, and I'm like, oh yeah, I do remember this. I didn't know it was called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, everything's everything's coming together now. Finally. And then it enters back. It's, uh... it's. What about you, Eric? Do you remember, uh... Do you remember being cognizant of the first time you saw this? I don't really remember what age. Definitely, like, a young age. Uh, I just remember seeing it on TV, actually. Um, kind of a late night uh, seeing it on TV and then I definitely thought it was really cool uh, you know being into that kind of uh, you know the genre getting into the, the horror genre I thought it was really cool and then but I'm not really sure around what age I was and obviously the movie came out in 1992 but um, uh, I'm not sure exactly when but I definitely saw it on TV and then speaking of the show like uh, BT you know got into the show I actually got into the show much later when Brian was watching it. I didn't really pay much attention uh, to it, to be honest with you. And then uh, just I got made into fun it of it a lot later. <laughs> what was that? What I said, yeah, you just made fun of it. Well, you know, I'm the older brother. That's what I was supposed to do. I guess make fun of you. Yeah. But and I, uh, I've obviously grown to love the show, and I think it's uh, it's really cool because the movie and the show are completely different in my eyes. Um, you know. Obviously, Joss Whedon wrote the movie, and uh, he obviously started the show as well. But two two completely different animals for sure. But yeah, first time I ever saw it, young kid on television, uh, definitely, and I fell in love with it when I saw it. Now, uh, I guess the first time I saw it was like a young age, and I I remember seeing it on either HBO or Cinemax. So you're talking like uh, mid '90s, probably, and uh, like loving it, and I actually. You know, trying to, like, really remember, I, I just remember seeing, like, commercials for the Buffy show, and for for whatever reason, the show never appealed to me. I was just like, ah, the movie is, the, like, the real Buffy or whatever. And so I, I think for some reason, like, I, I liked the movie so much that, that maybe the show deterred me, or, you know, the loving the movie so much deterred me from seeing the show because it didn't seem like a show that I would like, and I refused to give it a chance. Um... But being four episodes or so into the series right now, I, I'm enjoying it so far. Obviously, there's a quite a ways to go, um, yeah. so definitely I'll keep, I'm gonna be keep 
keeping you guys uh, posted on that. But as far as the movie goes, I remember seeing it young, and it, it really does just like encapsulize that early '90s feel for sure, where it was like people were still wearing the like weird like designs, and like the the early '90s were definitely like a confusing time, as the '90s as a whole decade was, but. It still felt like, you know, people were trying to recover from the 80s and the style was still very 80s, like, influence, but it was, like, its own thing because, obviously, we're in a new decade, but there was, like, all these different cultures that were mixing in with, like, uh, you know, like, the pop culture at the time, Um, but this, uh, this movie, I think, what really makes the movie is the cast. Yeah, I I mean, for sure, well, keep going, I'm sorry. No, no, uh, and I, I... it really is the cast, and I think it, as well as the movie was written and the story was, I think it could have really fallen flat and not been as enjoyable if it wasn't for all the people that obviously went on to be really big uh, stars, you know. David Arquette, like, going on to be, like, a really huge star. I mean, obviously, it was a small cameo role, but Ben Affleck. <laughs> um, Thomas but, like, Jane. Thomas Jane. Um, Hillary, Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. Swank. Ricky Dean Logan from Freddy's Dead. I mean, yeah, I just want to say also, <laughs> a, little, a, little, a little thing I can say is, when I first saw the, I, well, a little backstory of Eric Tyler, when I was young, I was obsessed with Pee Wee Herman. Um, and when I saw the movie originally, I didn't know that was Paul Rubens at all. Like, I had no idea. Cause I think they did oh, it doesn't job. look anything like him. It looks nothing like him. So then when I found out afterwards that it was him, I was like, this is amazing. But... <laughs> He, his character in that movie, like, just, he knocks it out of the park. He's a, he kills it. And also Donald Sutherland being, like, obviously a historic actor. But another person who really kills the role is Rucker Hauer. And I just, I wanted to oh, just yeah. quickly touch on Rucker Hauer. I think Rucker Hauer, like, in my opinion, should have been, like, a megastar. Because I, I think that dude is, like, an unsung, like, hero of acting. He's amazing, I think. I, I do feel like anything he's in, he steals the show, like, but he's kind of one of those, like, he's a character actor, sure, but, like, uh, I feel like people don't know the name like they should. No, that's what I mean, like, 100%. I know you guys can speak on that more, but, like, he has some, obviously he has some bigger roles uh, throughout his career, um, but, yeah, I think if you were to ask the average... I mean, not us because we're nut jobs when it comes to film. But uh, if you were to ask the common person, I think most people would have no idea who he is. Yeah, yeah Rucker for... Hauer, like he can scare the shit out of you. Like if you've seen yeah, like The Hitcher or Blade Runner, he's oh really yeah, scary yeah, Blade Runner, The Hitcher. Yeah, he plays. I actually recently saw him in an older Stallone movie. I think it's called Nighthawks. Uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah too. And that as well. So, but yeah, all star cast. Like you said, they really. I mean, that's really what it does. It. I mean, if you really think about even the small roles, like you said, Ben Affleck, and then uh, Seth Green is also has like an uncredited uh, scene that, uh, that people talk about all the time. Yeah. So you don't see his face in the movie. He had a slightly bigger part that was cut out. It's uh, it's definitely the cast, and like uh, obviously, like uh, Christy Swanson, kind of had like you know some bigger movies that came out but like between this and like say the chase i think those two movies are like her two most well-known movies right uh i mean for me probably but i mean maybe i don't know bt might be able to speak a bit more but i i mean 
I mean, I she's been her. in classics like Flowers in the Attic and Deadly Friend. She wasn't Deadly <laughs> Friend, that's right. There you go. BB. She was also in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. Yeah, BT, is it safe to say that your favorite uh, person in this movie is Ricky Lake as the... I totally forgot she's in this, but she's a, she's a waitress at the at a bar or whatever at the beginning there. Ricky Lake, you remember Ricky Lake? Come on, yeah, big, big I mean, serial mob that, fans over here. Was that considered a cameo? Because she was kind of like known at the time, right? And yeah, she yeah, had she had her show by role. that by that point. But um, yeah, I'm just guessing, but yeah, all right. It's uh, it I I I think it. Do you think Joss, Joss Whedon, you guys know because you're such big fans of the show and you've probably heard him talk about uh, the inspiration for it, but does he does he ever disclose what the inspiration was for writing the character and the story of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yes. Yeah. He, um, he wanted to take that blonde cheerleader type in a horror movie that always gets killed. And turn her into a badass. Yeah. And turn her into like a, a superhero. But, like, as far as... It seems like no matter how he wrote it, though, there was always a comedic element in there. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, do you think... Now, your personal opinions. I'm not saying, you know, the the gospel of Jaws. But do you you guys think that uh, some of the vampire comedies of the heyday, the the Once Bittens, the uh, Vampire's Kiss, the even say lost boys obviously on a much grander scale being you know an influence possibly on uh you know a comedic vampire type film or or comedic vampire type character slash story there had to have been even if it was subconscious it it seems like the horror element and the comedic element obviously always intertwined but especially with vampires we have three or four rockula there's so many different uh, you know, vampire comedy bits that they go. My best friend's a vampire. Like, there's really a plethora. Just yeah, I, mean, I think he obviously. I don't think I've ever Brian might have, but I don't think I've ever heard him say that he like drew influence from those. But you could see it in. I mean, you could definitely see it in the movie, and then you could even see it in the show at some points as well. So obviously, a yeah. lot of uh, John Vujicic and. Uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of people that have worked on, say, the Lost Boys, even the special effects team, uh, show up and give their hand in the effects in Buffy the Show. So yeah. there's definitely there's definitely well, like some inspiration there. I think even if it's just kind of like part and parcel. I've never heard specific movie um, influences, but I know Joss Whedon is a huge horror fan. Yeah, of course. And um. I can say that Buffy is a character. Uh, he was sort of influenced for the character specifically from uh, Kelly Maroney's character in Night of the Comet. Oh, okay. And a uh, comic book character I know very little about, Kitty Pride from the X-Men series. Yeah. Now, it does, and to me, like, the character of Buffy, at least in the movie, not so much in the show, in the show it just does seem very, like, like you ripped her out of She's All That and she's playing Buffy. Um, hey, Buffy was before She's All That. I know, I know, I'm just saying. Uh, but uh, but more so with uh, the Christy Swanson character, it does read to me, I mean, obviously because I'm just correlating the two, but it, it reads to me like if Sam Emerson, the Corey Haim character, was a female, what he would do in high school if he became the vampire. You know what I mean? It yeah. seems like a female counterpart to that kind of comedic, 
like uh, like lighthearted, like kind of valley valley girl. You know, it's a right. uh, it, it's it's a it's a great idea, especially for the time because the eighties and the early nineties was the, like the the prime time of the valley girl, and especially yeah. with shows like nine hundred two one zero, which was soon to be hot, obviously with with Luke Perry. I mean, there was just such a, a huge crossover and a huge moment that I think he actually encapsulated with this film as the beginning of the 1990s started with, you know, that kind of whole situation. Yeah. Valley Girls, you know, were still big back then. Oh, yeah. And then they went into hiding after after Clueless. They were tired of all <laughs> They were embarrassed. <laughs> and and so like... by the time the TV show came out, Valley Girls weren't really, like... <laughs> I just want to say, like, on a, on a side note of it, like, I think, I know, obviously, no one's going to be winning an Oscar for this movie, but I think, uh, like, Christy Swanson really nails this role, and, like, if you, like, obviously, watching it from the beginning, she's the whole, like, kind of ditzy, like, kind of materialistic, you know, shallow, like, he only cares about cheerleading, and whatever, and then, like, her character takes, like, a transition, obviously, where... She has to reform. Yeah, she, like, reforms and sees the world in, like, a different manner, and, like... Um, like just see things in a darker place than what it really is. I think I don't know. I think like I can't picture anyone else playing that role now. Obviously, I mean you say that from a lot of films when you see someone in that role, but I think she really nails that character as well in that role, where the character really takes a really deep transition throughout the movie, where from when it starts to when it finishes, a completely different person. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, you know it's now. To really, this is a time I feel like it were, was easy to get characters to be likable. I feel like almost every character in this movie was likable. From Luke Perry's character's Pike, very likable. And, and Brian, something that you had said recently on your uh, social media account. Um, about, you know, the character of Pike in the film being okay to let Buffy be the ass kicker. And him kind to play the... The step aside, you know, I'll let her do her thing and I'll help where I can type thing. It was kind of before the the outcry of like giving females in horror movies, uh, you know, leading uh, leading parts and you know having a male be okay with the the female being the kick ass savior. Absolutely, um, you know, and this is a problem I think men have in real life. I'm not saying you guys don't feel attacked. <laughs> and men have in movies and TV shows is that if there's a badass female, the man has to be in like competition with her and has to prove like you're less than I am. You're just a girl. Okay? I can do whatever I want. But and you can't. So yeah. But with that said, I don't think it's I mean, it's not the first time because you look at Nancy Thompson. That is a badass bitch. Yeah. But what was her boyfriend doing that whole time? Getting sucked into the bed? He was just acting like she was crazy. You just need to get some sleep. Well, look what happened to him. You just need to get some sleep. You'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're right, though. I mean, uh, obviously Buffy's character throughout this whole movie, once she gets trained... She really, there's nobody who like really helps her too much, you know. Even the scenes with like Luke Perry where they're fighting, she's like, she's like saving Luke Perry for in scenes and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, Definitely. and it's not, you know, he's not like a total. I'm gonna be so on PC right now. I can't think of another word. He's not a total pussy. Like 
He does right. what he Don't can. Don't try does to paint. Hold on. I'm going to stop you in your tracks right there. We are an open forum. We accept. Calm down. I'm like, just move on no, from no, that. We're I, talking about the movie. I'm movies. just saying. I don't want. I don't want a, a casual Buffy fan to stop in and be like, "Oh my God, look at these guys." I want to make sure our forms are open to everyone. We've once had issues with uh, consi- talking what the uh, crippled gentleman in. Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Oh, did that, did that come back? <laughs> no, it never, it never, never caught any fire. Because <laughs> people usually hear us talk for ten minutes, and they're like, "All right, this is three and a half hours long. I don't listen to this." Yeah, turn it off. But anyway, anywho. like after you rudely interrupted me, he does his part. Like he's not like he's not useless. He does what he can, but he knows that like she's got this shit. Like, he doesn't have to step on her toes or anything. Exactly. But he's still a badass in his own right. Uh, but which I think can also, like, I, I'm not going to try to give Josh Whedon or uh, the character of Buffy credit over Nancy Thompson, because I do think all the stuff we're saying about Buffy and this role and this character came before her, definitely, most notably, at least in the horror realm, in the Nancy Thompson character. In the first one, and Dream Warriors specifically. What? I uh, yeah, it's it's obviously not a, not a pioneering role, but it, it gives it power though. It gives the female, especially you know, the especially thing. during that time, especially for a cheerleader. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's an empowering role. Yeah, because all the tough females in horror movies usually what were they? They were like virgins. They were. Um, very bookish. They weren't like the cheerleading type. Or were they brackish, like a kitty fan? I don't know what that means, man. <laughs> it's the, it is the most obscure reference that probably nobody will get. Wait, like kitty, like the band? Kitty, like the like the band, yes. You know the band Kitty. I am a huge kitty fan, by the way. Are you? Yeah. I don't really know. I'm not even joking. I love kitty. Like. They have a horror podcast. At least the singer has a horror podcast too. Good for I you, Kitty. Kitty <laughs> Her name is Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, the uh, I mean, it, it this movie was honestly shot like uh, it has like a fun look to it too, like the it almost comic booky in some scenes, like especially the the night scenes with David Arquette. David Arquette, we got to talk about David Arquette. David Arquette knocks us out of the park. Him and Rucker Howard. No, I'm sorry, Rucker Howard. You're great too. Paul David Rubens. Arquette and Paul Rubens are the highlight oh, of yeah. this movie for me. Yeah, I think personally, yeah. I mean, like just their comedic talents are off the chart. Well, like that really shows you Paul Rubens uh, being able to play a character like Pee Wee Herman for so many years and be like known for that character, but can step in and do comedy on this level. That is like just drop dead hilarious. Yes. Would you say that Paul Rubens or like Amelin's character is your favorite? Or I think he's got he's got to be. I mean, he's just so he's, goddamn fun. Like, yeah, I mean, personally, he is my without a doubt my favorite. Like altogether, like I just uh, the, his death scene especially is like just hilarious to me I don't know so it gets me every time can we talk about Luke Perry's soul patch I think Luke Perry really <laughs> brought the soul patch into fruition there's some, there's some legit uh, uh, facial hair you got Luke Perry's soul patch and then you got 
if Ruben's rocking the goatee, the thinny, the thin goatee kind of, and then oh. you got uh, Sutherland rocking the bushy goatee. A lot of good facial hair in this. Eric, I'd just like to ask you a slightly unrelated question real quick. Did you get the whole hissing thing from Paul Rubens in this movie? <laughs> well, what are you talking about? What hissing thing do you speak of? You know, you hiss sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'll say that it's from that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Do you think Luke Perry could have influenced, say, a James Hart with the soul patch? <laughs> I got to think that a lot of the guys from Southern California in that era were... You know, they looked up to Luke Perry. They love those sure. flavor savers for sure. I feel like there was two of them. There, you're looking up to Luke Perry, and then you're looking up to what is it, Jason Priestley. And those are the two guys you were looking for. You know what? California. You know what's funny? I Christy Swanson actually recently posted. Obviously, uh, Luke Perry uh, passing away uh, two weeks ago at this point, but um, posted a picture of Jason Priestley um, visiting the set of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and there's a nice picture of Luke. Uh, Christy Swanson and Jason Priestley, like you know, behind the scenes on uh, Buffy. Yes, that was awesome. That was an awesome find. Yes, did you see well, it? Well, you didn't find it, but Christy Swanson. Yeah, was yeah, fun. you know what I mean. Yeah, I saw when you posted it. Oh, did I post that? I thought, or maybe you sent it in the group text. I think I did. Yes. Okay. Um, but regardless, where do you guys think this film kind of? Uh, where does it stand now? Obviously, you guys have rewatched it recently. Where do you think it it holds up pretty well? I think I haven't watched it in a few years, but I was so I'm I've been so familiar with it growing up. I've watched it probably 20, 20 or thirty times in my life, and it's it's very like I think it still is like super entertaining, and it brings you back to that a certain time. Obviously, being younger, yeah, it holds up really well. But I mean. I'm not gonna. Okay, I don't know if it's all or mostly nostalgia or not, but I think I'm noticing. And this isn't things I noticed as a kid, like how great the acting is, like how funny, like you know, the comedic timing is of of David Arquette and Paul Rubens. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you're not judging actors. True, you're just watching their them as characters. And I always believed that they were those characters when I was a kid, which shows you as an adult how talented they truly are. And so I, I, I almost think I appreciate it more as an adult. Now, what do you? What are your thoughts, Eric? Do you think it? How do you think it holds up all these years later? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, per, like I, I agree a lot with BT when I when you when you know you originally watch it, you're not thinking about like the deeper things of it, but uh, rewatching it recently. Um, I still like it's, like I said I still think it's a great story I think it's uh, I love the way it's shot I love some of the creepy scenes in it um, I think it holds up really well I actually think maybe it might be even be a little bit underrated at this point because of, I agree um, I you I just feel like you don't see much uh, you don't hear much talk about it or see much see, I mean the three of us obviously go to horror conventions a lot we we're you know we're really we're within the genre as well and I feel like you see a lot of stuff from uh, a lot of movies from this era and I, I feel like this movie's kind of uh, I don't know you don't see as much for sure um, I don't know why that is but uh, maybe because the show has you know this came out and the show was on for so much longer that I know the show has a, has a big following but um, again like I still think it's, a, it's an amazing movie especially for the 90s I mean I don't 
I don't know if many, I don't know where you want to like pigeonhole it to like a horror or like a comedy, but I think it's definitely one of the better movies from the 90s, honestly, uh, at least in my eyes. When it comes to, the genre, like I said, the genre or, or uh, like a horror comedy type. I, 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 don't, I don't think you saw much stuff like that uh, coming out of the 80s, right? There's so many things like you're talking about with the Fright Nights and the, and the stuff like that from the 80s, My Best Friend's a Vampire and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think you were seeing a lot of this stuff. I think in the 90s you're starting to see more, uh, you know, serious stuff. So I, I think it's, it kind of stands, a, it's a standout for sure. And I think uh, beyond that, I think seeing uh, these films when, when we're younger and we're not judging acting, we're just watching it to enjoy it is probably the most innocent you can be as a film fan and as a movie fan and as the, a fan of the genre. Um, you don't have like a judgmental radar to be like, oh, well, this person's acting subpar. That was kind of cheesy. You're just sitting back and you're taking in the film and you're enjoying what you enjoy and you're not enjoying what you don't enjoy. Um, and I think, uh, you know, seeing some of these movies at a younger age, I think is kind of essential to really getting a good grasp on what it really, like how, the, how the film really means. Cause I feel, or what the film's really trying to say rather, uh, I think when you see it when you're young, you see it the way you're supposed to see it because you're not judgmental, you're not uh, jaded maybe, you're not you know, looking for other things, you're not comparing it to a bunch of other things, you're just watching a new movie, and when you're younger and you're watching something that is horror-related like this, obviously you're just, you're very encapsulated, you're either uh, like a little scared or you're just, you think it's funny, and this movie never scared me, but it always, uh, I always thought it was hilarious even as a kid and, and I still find it just as funny and I think that's part of like a nostalgia thing with film is you don't you you go back to you can watch a film all those years later and be like okay yeah it's not the greatest film ever made the effects were like maybe not as good the acting was a little cheesy the story was a little like plot holy but I enjoyed it because I didn't have all these expectations I kind of went into it with a clean slate and you didn't kind of have all these barriers that you have when you're older as far as enjoying a film for sure obviously it's not you know like we said it's not you know it's not it's not gonna win an oscar or anything but you are right i mean when you see stuff earlier it's kind of you're just kind of watching it to watch it you're not looking anything you're not looking too deep into it which i'm sure there's still i'm sure there's a lot of adults that do the same thing as well but just because we're big film fans or film guys it's you know i think we we kind of uh dissect everything with like the acting and the backstories and stuff like that but definitely still holds up and i'm actually surprised that they haven't uh like i don't know i mean brian might be able to speak on this more but i'm surprised they haven't tried to make a like a rebooted movie at this point to be honest with you i don't know if that has to do with the show but still they tried I mean, they they announced it a couple of times, but um, no one really wanted to see it happen. Was this recently, or was it more like earlier on? Or I feel like they announced it like a couple of years ago. Like I do, I do remember them talking about like some sort of Buffy reboot, but I didn't. I never thought it got like too far along the process. Yeah, it's like they announced that they were gonna do it, and then it just nothing ever came of it. That happens a lot, actually. Yeah, which is a good thing, because I don't want him to touch it, obviously, but... So, I don't mean to, like, be all over the place here, but I want to talk about Thomas Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Who plays Zeph in the film. Um, 
Looks about 35. <laughs> looks about five years older than he looked ten years after this film. <laughs> did you guys notice that? He looks like uh, he did. He so did much older little... than he was. He was, I mean, he was only 21 or 22. He actually looked how he looked portraying Mickey Mantle in 61 <laughs> all the years later. He, well, did, he ages really well, we could say, but he's only in the—he's only in this movie for what three seconds? Four? He's Pike's friend at the uh, at the auto shop, right? Or his yeah, coworker, he makes, right? He has a, I mean, it's one scene, but he he makes an impression and he has some dialogue. And he looks about—he had a rough time when he was younger. I don't know if you guys heard all this, but I think it. He was like, yeah, yeah. I he was homeless in Los Angeles, like waiting for work. He was living in a car, and he he used to exchange uh, sexual favors with men, strange men, for food. Well, and I mean, come on, who hasn't? This well, was probably shortly after that. And just think, now he has a credit. He has a credit in the Predator franchise. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's come a long way. Yeah, and I'm really not is. mad at him for what he had to do. You got to do what you got to do to get a sandwich. <laughs> oh, so B- BT, as PC as he is, believes in sex trafficking. Yeah, that's not sex sam- trafficking. Sam- <laughs> Everyone in that situation is consenting. Look up sex um, trafficking, you psycho. You are right. He does have uh, he does have some lines. So I mean, I guess it's not that small of a role. I mean, it's small enough, but he has some. He has some it's lines. a bigger role than Ben Affleck's role. True. Well, ben Wait, ben can we talk about Sasha fucking Jensen? Well, real quick, Ben Affleck had to show depth with that face he made. He was disgusted and he handed the basketball off. <laughs> but yes, Sasha Jensen. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. So, can we talk about... You know, it's funny, Sasha Jensen and Ben Affleck both appearing two years later in, or was it a year later, in Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sasha Jensen yep. is the man, first off. I just think he's... His film credits... Obviously not. Uh, if you don't remember it, I'm not writing it. <laughs> yes. Can we talk about yeah. how I met him? BT, tell the story about the time you met Sasha Jensen. And he wrote a quote that's not in the movie. Yeah. But also told you, if you don't remember it, I'm not writing it. So are you guys telling the story? Yeah, you All are. All right, just go ahead. Go ahead. So I met Sasha Jensen. Horror, Horror Hound, 2010, November. Cincinnati, Ohio. Go. I wanted to get something from Buffy the Vampire Slayer signed. All he had was shit from Halloween 4, because that's probably the only stuff anyone ever wants. Sadly. But I still... Oh, he had a beer. He was having a good time, it seemed. Um, hey, I have a question. It was blueberry hey, schnapps, actually. He didn't have any Days and Confused stuff, either? He might have. I just know there was no Buffy stuff. <laughs> I did ask him what it was like working on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He said it was fun. He wore vampire teeth. I don't. I don't remember the exact story, to be honest with you. So I got something from Halloween Four on it, obviously, because I'm also a fan of that movie. And he said, um, "We're trapped in the house alone, or something." I don't remember because it's not the line from the movie. No, it's completely inaccurate. And I think, I think he said it with quotes too. Yeah, he definitely yeah. did. Okay, so I've seen Halloween. We've all seen Halloween 400 times. Yeah. Um, you know, he shoots the door. And then he was like, damn it. God damn it, it's metal. And <laughs> Ellie Cornell was like, what does that mean? And he was like, it means we're trapped in this house. That's it. 
But he he remembered the line is, "We're trapped in this house alone." You know, it's a little it's a little different. Yeah, that's all. I mean, you gotta you know, guy had to remember a lot of lines in this. I was a little. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be a dick. I was just a little thrown off. You know. Someone get an ouchie. He's like, you want me? (laughs) You want me to write this line? Um, And I'm like, (laughs) what would you have had him sign? What quote would you have had him sign? (laughs) If you got a puffy one, you had to have gotten that one. Well, I don't remember what (laughs) I had. I never have a quote in mind. Honestly, I'm just hoping they're gonna surprise me with a good one. You know what I mean? I don't like to tell them what to write. Yeah, you shouldn't. Anyway, I guess, I mean, let, I think we really need to, again, for someone who hasn't seen this movie, we really need to just enforce and let people know that the cast of this film is literally amazing. I mean, maybe not, some of these people weren't far along in their career, but like Hilary Swank won a goddamn Oscar, I'm pretty sure, after, you know, at some point in her career. Donald, Donald Sutherland, been an amazing, uh, so many movies, huge catalog, Rucker Howard, obviously my boy Paul Rubens, Chrissy Swanson. BT's best friend, Thomas Jane. Michael Coppola, who had the hardest run from 91 <laughs> to 94 ever. I still don't know who that is. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to watch all He was Hellhound and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's it's Dead. It's been so long since I watched them. He was Passion for Slashing and Point Break. Never seen it. You've never seen Point Break? No, not the whole thing. Uh, I've you, seen bits no, and pieces. You f- my lord. <laughs> You're definitely not local. I you fucking hate Lori Cuddy. <laughs> you don't. You love Tank Girl. I like her sometimes. Um, you've never seen Bates Motel. I've seen Bates Motel. The TV movie from wanna, the 80s. Oh. Are you guys familiar, familiar with the girl or the lady who directed this? Um, so I actually was not familiar with her. Her name's like Fran Rubel, like Kuzai or Kuzi or something like that. Jeannie Kuz- Kuzamazo? That's a I woman? Looked, I looked up her credits, and, uh, I mean, all of that I really, really found was she directed uh, Buffy here, and then she was the producer on the movie Orgasmo, which I thought was so, like, random. Also the she, executive producer of the of Buffy the show and Angel. And Angel, yeah, I saw that. I just, I don't know, I just found that great. I just, like, the... You got all this Buffy stuff, and then you just got, oh, yeah, I'm a producer on Orgasmo. Do you think she was a girlfriend to Ron Jeremy at some point, then? Could be. He was in know. there. He was in there. The 90s were a crazy time, so. So, uh, I guess to close this, uh, what are your uh, impressions, thoughts, and uh, remembrances of uh, one Luke Perry? Obviously, I, I remember watching not intentionally, but it would be on when I was trying to either watch something else or I was waiting for something else to be on and i remember like you ever watch shows and you don't even mean to watch them you just watch like episodes here and there and you don't even know why especially when you were younger you were just like not changing the tv and you caught yourself watching an episode of party of five or fucking (laughs) or beverly hills 90210 but i remember seeing the commercials for it so like vividly as a kid probably some of the first like you know tv shows i was cognizant of uh besides like you know like a full house or like a you know cartoons and stuff and that stuff was always on there and, and he's kind of been a face and a voice that i've kind of uh been familiar with since i was uh, able to enjoy uh you know any kind of television or film or anything like that and obviously he's he's left uh he's left a a, a fun career a lot of stuff that he's done uh a couple movies I'm actually big fans of, uh, such as like Eight Seconds, um, 
and uh, obviously being on one of the a very popular show on CW, the Riverdale, the retelling of the Archie comics, um, and uh, you know dying suddenly of uh, you know a massive stroke. It, it really is kind of unfortunate that he, he died so young too. Just uh, in its uh, you know fifties, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not. I will admit, like, I only really know Luke Perry from this movie, and obviously, like, I've seen a 90210 episode here and there, and then the movie um, Eight Seconds about the the bull rider there. But uh, you know, an icon. I, I, I haven't really watched Riverdale, but I know a lot of people are going nuts about the Riverdale stuff. You must be pretty good in that, and I know you can speak on that more. But um, kind of, uh, what do you think of like actors from the '90s? You know, like of just kind of that era. He's definitely like someone you would definitely speak about. I'm sure. Oh, definitely. Uh, 90210 was like gigantic show, and I think he was like, uh, you know, the ladies loved him uh, as like a thought he was a good looking man. So I think, uh, yeah, like I said, I think he on that era, that '90s era, I think he definitely left his mark. And uh, and I, I love that he's in this movie. I think it fits perfectly. So. And I think uh, I honestly think it's. Uh... You know, Riverdale is to not not to offshoot in, onto a total Riverdale conversation, but Riverdale really is pays tribute to '90s uh, '90s actors and actresses. You got Mitch and a Mick, you got Ski Orich, and you got Luke Perry all in one show. Yeah, I guess I kind of forgot that Ulrich is in that. I didn't even realize. Yeah, that. I need to go back to it. I started watching the first season. Yeah, we're, we got through the first season and we never finished the second, but uh, we enjoyed what we saw. So definitely want to go back into that. So any uh, any remembrances or thoughts on uh, Luke Perry, BT? I have also only seen him in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I might have caught a couple episodes of 90210. And like I said, I watched probably the first half of Riverdale season one. Mm-hmm. So I just, I remember him mostly from the movie and that's enough for me to like you know care about be bummed out him as an icon and be bummed out obviously but th- doesn't that show you the importance of just even being in a singular film he's like, one of my first crushes really yeah um wow what a revelation not the type of person i'd have a crush on as an adult you know but when you're first not a soul patch fan? develop no when you're first developing crushes your taste is different from your taste as an adult i think Real question. Serious question. No, this isn't going to be a serious question. Were you half erect when he staked Bueller? What was his name? Mueller? What was what was Sasha Jensen's name in the movie again? Bueller. Bueller. When Bruller he sta- with a G. When he staked Gruller and was like, now you're a coat rack. And you were, just wanted to be Luke Perry's coat rack? Yes. <laughs> Harder than a wooden stake, BT as usual. Gotta love it. Um, but honestly, though, like, um, I, I find it funny that that just, that just got said harder than that. What was it? A uh, Luke Perry coat rack? <laughs> Is that what you said? Well, I said harder than a wooden stake just the last time. But, but, uh, but yeah, um, that just about does it. R.I.P. Luke Perry. Uh, but like I, like I was saying, uh, just, you know, popping up in, in one semi-horror film. 
uh, for us. It's enough for us to recognize his talent and appreciate what he did and what he brought to even just uh, one movie that most of us are familiar with. Obviously, us knowing him from some other things, but uh, shows kind of the power of uh, genre film. Can I do my rendition of uh, the Los House um, fiddle song? Yes, please. I just did it for BT recently. BT, you remember? Obviously. Does the word right. duh mean anything to you? I'm not really going to do it, I'm sorry. Okay. Alright, well... All I can say for someone who hasn't seen the movie, if you like horror movies, if you like comedy, if you like the 90s, or even if you like the 80s, because uh, it has that 80s feel, like we said, great vampire movie. The special effects are really cool. Some of the scenes they shoot like are super, super creepy. Everything with Rucker Hauer, like any scene with Rucker Hauer is, is really amazing. And then I love the scene where they're at the the old like uh, amusement park, I guess. Just really creepy. And it's really cool how the movie goes from like, you know, pure laughter to just kind of like creepy scenes like that. And I think, like I said, it's a, a bit underrated. And I urge anyone to go out and check it out who has not seen it. Natasha Gregson Wagner. Who the fuck is that? She plays Cassandra, the nerdy girl. Um, what else was she in, Brian? Urban Legend. Um, Vampires Lost Muertos. <laughs> nice. The one with Bon Jovi. Yeah. That's the Bon Jovi one. <laughs> Think about it. Bon Jovi's got, a, he's got his little stake in the, in, the, in the horror movie genre as well. I know. It's almost Lo- as big as Michael Coppola. Lost Highway. Let me name three films before we move on, please. <laughs> okay. Are you done? Yeah. Okay, on that note, we shall see you uh, another time. Um, You can check us out on iTunes, on Google Podcast, on Stitcher, on Spotify. Uh, Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can get the Heart Guide Media Podcast. You can follow us at Heart Guide Media on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, Give us a follow, like, a rate, review. All that fun, uh, happy horseshit, and uh, we shall see you again on the Heart Guide Media Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. You can follow BT on Instagram as well. You'll, be enjoy- you'll enjoy it. Yes, at Brian the Reckless. Hashtag Thacker Cracker.